0: Please be seated. To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God upon which we base our message on this, the Festival of Pentecost, is from the first reading for today from the acts chapter 2 where we read second reading actually when pentecost the 50th day of passover came all the believers were together in one place in the name of Jesus Christ our risen and ascended lord who rules over all things who promised and kept his promise that his Father would send the Holy Spirit, my beloved. Ever notice how short our memories are? We either forget or do not remember the past, and sometimes the past that needs remembering we take for granted. I guess with the exception for some of us who have a whole lot of gray, if not uh, white hair, or maybe even no hair at all, the rest of you might not remember D-Day, and by the way, we're going to try to remember it this coming Tuesday. D-Day, what year was it? What was it all about? I don't know. That day of tremendous sacrifice that altered the direction of the whole world, often forgotten. The day that served to rescue us from tyranny and to give us freedom, a freedom which we all too often take for granted. With such short memories... We need to uh, review history, lest we forget. Today we celebrate the festival of Pentecost where we want to remember what happened on the very first Pentecost and what it means for us. What was that first Pentecost all about? I guess it was something about wind and fire, right? I don't think that any of us have any problem remembering what happened on Christmas. A little baby was born. None of us have any problems remembering what Easter is all about. It was an empty grave. Christ is risen. Then you get to Pentecost. Perhaps uh, things are a little fuzzy. I mean, it's a very special day. We put uh, red on the altar, you know, a, a color of passion. And uh, we remind ourselves that Pentecost means 50, whatever that has to do with anything. To truly get the complete impact and magnificent of what Pentecost is all about, you have to return to the Old Testament, 1,500 years before Jesus was born, 3,500 years ago, and then you really understand Pentecost. And we need, need to review that history every so often, lest we forget. In the Old Testament, God gave very, very, very specific directions to his chosen people, the Israelites, regarding the religious rituals, ceremonies, and festivals that they were supposed to celebrate. And all of the rituals and ceremonies were visual aids meant to teach the people something about God himself. To fully understand Pentecost, we have to remember three of those specific festivals that God ordained. One, the Passover. Two, the presentation of the first fruits. And three, Pentecost. Also, it's very important to uh, remember that in the Holy Land, in Jesus' day, Uh, well, today yet, uh, planting and harvesting were sort of reverse of what they are for us here in the state of Wisconsin. In the Holy Land, you began to plant in November and December. And then you began to harvest in March and April and you completed the harvest in May and June. Now, the celebrations of Passover and Pentecost were mandatory for all Jewish people. In fact, so serious were God's people about these festivals that it was mandatory that the Jewish men made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate those two festivals. And that's why whenever you talk about the Passover and whenever you talk about Pentecost, you have to remember that a whole lot of people were packed into the city of Jerusalem making the pilgrimage for those special festivals, Passover and Pentecost. Now, for the details of the festivals the Passover the Passover many of us remember the history of God's children of Israel as they were slave in in Egypt for some 400 years until finally God said I want my people out of here I'm going to give them the promised land finally and the Pharaoh the king of Egypt said no you're not going we like that slave labor and so God sent nine plagues to try to change the king's mind you know boils and uh, the blood, uh, the river turned to blood and there were flies and frogs and all that stuff and the king said no you can't leave God told Moses I'm going to send one last plague and it's going to be so bad that the king is actually going to tell you to get out now you have to fo- follow some very 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 specific directions though On the night that I specify what I want all the families to do throughout Israel is to take a year-old male lamb. It's got to be completely healthy, no defects. And I want you to bleed it, kill it and bleed it, and I want you to take some of that blood and paint it on the front door post of your house. And then I want you to skin the lamb, leave it whole. Don't cut off the legs, don't cut off the head, just take out the innards. And then you roast it whole like that. No spices, no butter, just dry. And then you eat that with your family. And if you can't finish it all up, then you burn what's left over. And you see, I'm going to send the angel of death into Egypt who's going to kill all the firstborn males, humans and animals. But if you are in the house, blood over your doorposts, Eating the lamb, the angel of death will not visit your home, but will pass over. There will be no death in your house when the angel sees the blood and the lamb. Now, what I want you to do, after they celebrated that the first time, is I want you to celebrate that every year. According to my designated calendar, it will usually end up being in March or April, The Passover. On the Sunday immediately after the Passover, God wanted his people to celebrate the Feast of the First Fruits or the Festival of uh, the First Fruits, the Festival of Presentation. Now, what this was all about is this was supposed to happen in um, uh, March or April. When uh, the the people began to uh, harvest their crops, just the very first ones, the first wheat, were beginning to appear. God said, I want you to take that first, that very first bundle, and you bring it and you present that to the Lord. The feast of the first fruits. What the people were doing and what God was intending them to think about is, hey, we're taking the first ones that are showing and presenting them to the Lord. How do we know any more are, are coming? We've got to trust in the Lord that he'll bring a full harvest to completion. Then, 50 days after the presentation of the first fruits was Pentecost. Now, that was the full harvest, May or June, when everybody was bringing in all the harvest. And God said, now I want, to th- want the, uh, that to be a day of thanksgiving. What I want you to do is take some of that grain and you break, bake two loaves of bread and you present them to the Lord. In thanksgiving, for the full harvest, Pentecost, Thanksgiving, the harvest festival. Now, as I mentioned before, everything that God did in the Old Testament, all of his rituals, ceremonies, and festivals, were always to paint a picture, to be a visual aid, and to paint a picture of something magnificent that was coming. And that was Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so it was that Jesus came as the perfect fulfillment of all of God's promises. Palm Sunday. All the people in Jerusalem were getting ready to start celebrating the Passover. This city was jam-packed. And what were the celebrants looking for on that Palm Sunday? Well, they were starting to look for their Passover lamb. And so it was that Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the Passover lamb. And on that day, when all the Jews were concerned about slaughtering and eating their Passover lamb, Jesus hung on the cross, the Passover lamb. And on the Sunday following the Passover, When the people were bringing in their first fruits of their grain harvest, Jesus rose from the dead. As St. Paul says, to be the first fruits of those who slept. And then, 50 days from the presentation of the first fruits, Pentecost, bringing in the bread from the harvest. Pentecost, the first ingathering and harvest of souls for the church, the details of that first Pentecost, oh, you know some of the details, like I mentioned, all the Jews were packed into Jerusalem there for Thanksgiving from all over the world, north, east, west, south, as far away as, as Rome, the message of the Pentecost? Why? That was the working of the third person, of the triune God, the Holy Trinity, bringing in the miracle, the harvest of the church. The miracles, you know them. The sound of a tornado. But the leaves weren't moving. The curtains weren't moving. And the tongues, those little flames of fire that sat on the heads of all the disciples. And those disciples with no formal language classes were all of a sudden speaking all sorts of foreign languages. And instantaneously, the church enlarged from 120 souls to 3,000. But the greatest benefit of Pentecost was instant missionaries. Because from all over the world, they went back home carrying the message of the risen Lamb. The only way to eternal life. The meaning for us, Pentecost 2017. You see, the miracles of Pentecost are still with us today. No, no sound of tornadoes. No flames of fire. Nobody all of a sudden speaking foreign languages. The biggest miracle of Pentecost is you. Because you do not deserve to be here today. You are not here by your own choice. Just like you did not make the decision as to what day you were going to be born, so also you did not make a decision as to what day you were going to be reborn, spiritually brought to life. That was a miracle of God. How did you come to faith? Oh, the same way that all the believers did on the first Pentecost. By the word of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. For some of you, it was the day that you were baptized. The word and the water. And God brought you to faith. For some of you later on in adulthood or or young children... It was the Word, the message of Jesus Christ. And you began to believe. And then God graciously gives us a third means of grace, the Lord's Supper, by which He sustains that faith once begun. But all of God's three means of grace are there for, you might say, two reasons to turn unbelievers away from the path to hell into believers on the path to eternal life in heaven. And just like that very first Pentecost, A.D. 33, so also 2017, the spotlight is not on the Holy Spirit. Rather, the Holy Spirit shines the spotlight directly on where it should be, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Passover Lamb. The Passover Lamb who became the firstfruits of those who slept, who promised the gift of the Holy Spirit, who would create that ingathering of harvests of souls, your soul too, and mine. And just think about it. You do not deserve it. But God invites you to be a co-worker in his kingdom and to reiterate the words in deeds and actions that Peter spoke of on that very first Pentecost. That's what your life is all about. What did Peter say? He said, David knew that the Messiah would come back to life and he spoke about it before it ever happened. He said that the Messiah wouldn't be left in the grave and that his body wouldn't decay. God brought this man, Jesus, back to life. We are all witnesses to that. God used his power to give Jesus the highest position. Jesus has also received and poured out the Holy Spirit as the Father had promised. This is what you're seeing and hearing. And so we say today, Lord... I'm so undeserving. But thank you for making me a part of your harvest. And Lord, forgive me for my forgetfulness. Forgive me for taking the miracle of faith for granted. Forgive me for so often trying to fit you into my schedule rather than making you the first priority of my life. And Lord, help me to remember that I really didn't deserve it at all. But thank you for choosing me to be your very own. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. This morning, as we confess our faith, we do so with the words of Dr. Martin Luther from the third article of the Apostles' Creed. We join, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me, and all believers in Christ, this is most certainly true. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.